happy Monday, January 3rd, 2022. I was thinking about the fact that it is the first Monday of the new year, and I feel like I just shed every single hangup that I had in 2021. And then it made me think, all that's changed is that it's a new year. Any little slight misgivings, resentment, doubt, thought of last year evaporated. And I find that to be absolutely fascinating because nothing really changed except the fact that I now feel like everything that happened that I was holding on to no longer matters because it was last year. And that is not a dose of toxic positivity because, of course, there are things that happen to people that are much heavier or traumatic. And those things take time, actual time and therapy. And in the season of your life, it is important to address and acknowledge and not just say, I'm over it. It happened. I'm moved on. Although sometimes it does feel kind of damn nice to just draw the line in the sand and say that. What I want to talk about today is a quote that I woke up reading. It was on my feed. And the second that I read it, I literally did feel electrified. It was, the reign of the girl boss is over. It's time for the intuitive entrepreneur. Okay, there's a lot to unpack here. Girl boss. Okay. This word I first remember floating around in 2015-16, and I especially remember Bando um, having a quote that said, I am very busy, a giant quote you would put in your home office. I have that poster. I have since now taken it down and put it in my closet because I no longer aspire to be very, very, very busy. I aspire to be very, very, very grounded, and there's a huge difference in that, and I was thinking a lot about girl boss and there was this tweet that circulated it was like a meme of a girl saying I don't want to be a girl boss I just want to be a boss and it you know I double majored in media and women gender studies I was so fascinated in college about gender studies that I literally took enough classes at Hunter College in New York City that I ended up qualifying for a second major that's how fired up about it I was I don't want to be in there's that club and the other club and the other club is the girls club. I just want to go off, leave the club and build my own little oasis and community way over yonder, like through the rolling hills and across the stream. That's where I want to go build my oasis, my community, my sanctuary, my retreat, the place that people can come when they have felt like they were deemed other And going along with that, being a girl boss is so overrated because it's really just a title that you are given to make you feel empowered. I find it really funny that a lot of jobs start to change the titles of what you do within the company and yet the salaries still stay so far below the men. And if you think about it, there is so much skepticism and really just absolute jokes made about influencer culture. What I find interesting is that influencer culture is mainly predominantly led by women. Women that have created reality shows about their life. 
women that have tapped into a fan base of women that also find them to be endearing and comedic and relatable and they feel connected to them. That freaks out big companies because they are no longer driving the narrative of what is deemed interesting or successful or sexy or fun. I really could care less about seeing a beauty ad with an airbrushed celebrity on the cover of it that is behind the scenes you know there's 25 people that got her ready that day to look that beautiful and that doesn't take away from her she's very beautiful she's very cool um I don't relate to that like I don't care like I really my whole body cringes when I see anything that is an ad for Botox or Juvederm or anything that you inject into your body that is supposed to make you feel frozen in place and paralyze your muscles freaks me the F out because that is literally just a poison you're injecting into your body. Like any substance that's strong enough to freeze my muscles, I don't want that in my bloodstream. And yes, women should do whatever they want that makes them feel and look their absolute best. I think when women get plastic surgery, they look 10 years older automatically. Like the second I see somebody's face and I know that they've had plastic surgery, I can tell because their face looks frozen. It looks plasticky. And I'm not tearing other women down by saying this. I'm just saying that I think there's an alternative world in which we're not trying to make ourselves look younger so that we feel like we have more time to fit into the narrative that men have created for us. Like that's not interesting to me. The only reason that girl boss culture really took off is because it created a whole other subset of merchandise and teacher t- teachers, t-shirts and planners and things that you could buy and consume by companies that said girl boss on them. Like I did not feel like more of a girl boss because I have a mug that says hashtag girl boss on it. Like that's not interesting to me. Like maybe when I was like 24, 25, like for a little bit, I drank the Kool-Aid, but I have kind of like realized it's bitter and sour and I don't want it. To the quote, the reign of the girl boss is over. It's time for the intuitive entrepreneur. It's time. Like it's time to me is that it's a new awakening. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. Like all of the social norms that have been set up for us as far as office culture and where we go to work and how things are done right now, it's just gone. Like now is the time. Like I know so many people want things to go back to normal. I want people's health to be safe But going back to normal of the way that we have commuted to the office in the past and the way that we spend an hour, hour and a half in the car every single day to get to a job to sit there and then get back in our car and drive home another hour, hour and a half in rush hour and then have a really quick meal and then go to bed and wake up and do it all over again. That is not the time. That is not what we are aspiring to do anymore. And Part of this is that I do know that a lot of the culture around people wanting, uh, especially like bosses and leaders within companies, like people back in the office, is because when you have them in there, you can keep your eye on them closer. Like you know what they're doing. But there's, I cannot remember the name of it, but I have to find out and ask my brother because he's the one that told me about it. But like 
apparently like half of the time that you spend at a job is spent doing busy work that makes it appear like you are working. I get more work done when I'm not in an office because I'm happier when I'm not in an office. So yes, it's time. It's time for a new day. Okay, unpacking the words, the intuitive entrepreneur. Intuitive entrepreneur. Does that not make you get goosebumps? Intuitive entrepreneur. You are an intuitive entrepreneur. I am an intuitive entrepreneur. We are intuitive entrepreneurs. Intuition is a word that I think going along with gut feelings has to be one of my most favorite words in the in the in the world because gut feeling is your guardian angel intuition is the ability to understand something immediately without the need for conscious reasoning a thing that one knows or considers likely from instinctive feeling rather than conscious reasoning your insights and intuition as a native speaker are positively sought. That's the way it's been used in the Oxford Dictionary. We shall allow our intuition to guide us. I I find this to be so absolutely fascinating because the the constructs of the culture that we're in does not really make room for empowered inner knowing. In magic. It's a culture that's been built around doing what you're supposed to do to cooperate within society. And when I talk about cooperate within society, we should always be kind humans. We should always try to operate from a generous place. Operating from a generous place is a place of abundance. It's a, a place that if I give you this, the universe will give me something back just as valuable. And that is when when you live from that place, it's the best feeling in the world. I, I remember getting like so triggered when I used to be on sets a lot and like people would be like grabbing all of the food at craft services and like everyone, like I just, I just remember people being like really concerned about like, is there enough and like stacking up their plate, like full of food, full of food, full of food. And it would just kind of like be like really alarming to see. And I was like, is that like American culture that we feel like like we have to fill our whole entire plate, like every last little bit of it? Or European culture would say like intuitive eating is, you know, to have these like small delicacy of meals that are really seasoned and so enriching and delicious, but it's not really like quantity as much as it's quality. The intuitive voice says, hear it in the back of your head, confident, gentle, and calm. Deliver its messages, then disappears. It isn't attached to any desire or outcome. Timing is flexible or isn't a factor. Feels good in your body and energy sphere. Sounds just like you. Like That is confidence. Albert Einstein would say, 
The intuitive mind is a sacred gift and the rational mind is a faithful servant. We have created a society that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. Okay, so how does this all attract and lead into entrepreneurship? Okay, let's think about it. So entrepreneurship to me is when you find that sweet spot of something that you love doing that also is able to build a company or make you money. Like that in itself is entrepreneurship. However, when you're doing things because you hope it makes you money, I don't think is a sacred, holy way to lead into something. I think the gifts and the magic happen that when you're doing something that you absolutely love and adore, like I always think of artists, like artists are really fascinating to me because they will go spend months and years creating something that they feel really good making it, but they're not totally sure if it's good. Um, There's a Doug Nichol documentary called The California Typewriter and there's a sculpture in it and that sculpture creates robots that are made out of old um, typewriters and they look you know like there's this is a combo they have ones that look like animals and they have ones that are there he was a, making a really beautiful one that looks like a goddess his name is Jeremy Meyer he's an American sculptor and Jeremy's followed in the documentary and he's creating these sculptures made out of recycled old typewriters. And he explains that when they go to the gallery, it's hard for it to be like cost effective for the amount of time he's putting into it because the gallery takes 50% of whatever profits they make selling it. But he spends hours creating these sculptures and then he comes to a place where he just keeps doing it because he loves it. He does, he, you know, he's proactive. He moves, um, he's somewhere in the cabins in a mountain and then he moves to Oakland, California and he, um, starts putting his sculptures, um, online and they're selling there. You know, he's making a little bit more money. He doesn't have to share the commission. But what I really love is that when this documentary came out, suddenly he had the exposure an attention that he didn't have before. And the art that was made by Doug Nichol in the form of filmmaking highlighted another form of art, the sculptures. When the documentary came out, all the people that saw the documentary, and yes, there are stars attached, you know, John Mayer's in it, Tom Hanks is in it. Um, it it adds a, a that je ne sais quoi to something when yes, it has a famous person attached, like an artist a writer, a musician that is able to say, I use a typewriter and I feel like it is a beautiful instrument that only adds to my art. Like that is very special. So think about it. Jeremy Meyer is a sculptor off making these beautiful, goddessy, amazing animals. No one's really seeing them. And since there's no value on them because nobody knows what they are, he isn't able to make a living off of them. Like he's making, um, he, I think he's like making enough money to sustain his life, but not make profit. How in the world would he ever have planned that the little typewriter shop that he goes in to, to get his parts would be uh, the center of a documentary. And then that 
man that's a part of that shop would say to Doug Nichol as a filmmaker, oh, I know this guy, he comes in, he's a sculptor, Um, maybe you can talk to him. That is cosmic goodness because when you're intuitive and you're following what you really want to do, you will land in the places that magneticize other people, places, and things that are like-minded to those things. That's why, to me, if healing or finding a way to feel better about things that has happened, it doesn't necessarily have to solely 100% happen in a psychologist's office. I think that they do really good work and I applaud them and there's a space and a place for that. But I also think that if you go to a healing sound bath and you're in a room with dozens of other people that all have things that they are healing or want to let go from, the power of being in that room and connected like a wave to all the other people, I think can be just as healing. And then you meet other people that are also interested in this alternative healing. So I'm not saying one's better than the other. I really don't think one is, but I think, you know, the same way that insurance covers a psychologist, if you need to go to therapy, why not let insurance cover a healing sound bath? If there's a person that understands sound frequency waves and how it can be used to help somebody feel better in their mind, body, soul, that is a practice, that is a gift, that is an art. But the way that our constructs in society are set up for money and profit is not to help support an artist who does healing sound baths. But I'm thinking a lot right now about where we consciously put our money. And I want to support people that are creating alternative forms of therapy. And that can include healing sound baths. That can include a Reiki healer that understands how tapping and vibrations can help alter your energy. Like that is really interesting to me. And when you support these local people that are trying to create a space for the other, that's that's where I want to go. Like that's the community that I want to go to. There's a really incredible uh, writer and her name is Emma Zek. And it's one of my like life goals to go to one of her retreats. They are Uh, in Texas. And she's so wildly talented. I'm going to share with you a quote that this is how I originally found her because I had seen it and it just, it, when I read it, it was another one of those quotes where I just felt goosebumps go up on the back of my neck. And Emma Zek said, if you want to align with real friends, real lovers, real community, share your truth proudly consistently and unashamedly shout it sing it sculpt it write it dance it paint the most authentic you all over the canvas of your life whoever's left applauding your art is your people whoever fades away was never yours to begin with on every level possible this is the energy that i invite you to bring in to 2022 This is the energy that I want to tap into in 2022. Why? Because it just feels so good. It just feels good. And that's what we need. We just need to feel as good as possible most of the time. And when we do that, I really do think that we're we're not operating from a place where our nervous system is fueled by adrenaline and overdrive. 
I think at that point, you're being fueled by the spirit. And whatever that spirit is to you, it can be Jesus, it can be Buddha, it can be your guardian angel. It really doesn't matter. All that matters is you're so tapped into your own guidance system and you're so focused on that that you really don't have any judgment or care what anyone else's guidance system is. And I really would never say one is better than the other because I don't believe that it is. There's certain religions and philosophies that are going to speak more to you than they do to me. The best quote in the world that can be applied to anything and everything always is take what serves you and leave the rest. Happy 2022. May it be a dynamite year. May you go into this Monday of this new week and feel so electrified by dwelling in a place of possibility that you don't even worry, anticipate, or think about what's going to happen next because you're so tapped into the present moment. And that is a gift. Have a beautiful week, everybody.